expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Now that presidential elections are about a year away in Taiwan and the United States, we'll soon see the end of both the Obama administration and the Ma administration. With the terms of both presidents winding down, today on the show, we're going to take a look at what their lasting impact on U.S.-Taiwan ties is likely to be, and what changes we can expect when the next pair of administrations comes into office. To help us sort through all this, we're speaking today with Rupert Hammond Chambers. He's the president of the U.S.-Taiwan Business Council, a group that promotes trade and business relations between the U.S. and Taiwan. Rupert, thanks so much for joining us today. You're most welcome, Keith. It's my pleasure. Now, I want to start with this question of legacy. There's always this question hanging over U.S.-Taiwan relations. Uh, Is the U.S. doing as much as it should be to support Taiwan? Is it really in Taiwan's corner? Now, there's definitely this uh, wide perception around the Obama administration that it's taken kind of a hands-off approach. uh, And people would point to, you know, slowdowns in arms sales to Taiwan, uh, the absence of high-level diplomatic gestures uh, supporting Taiwan. Those on the other end of things that think, you know, that there has been some modest gains uh, in relations between the U.S. and Taiwan, they would point to, you know, the sending of a cabinet-level official uh, to Taiwan, uh, the backing of Taiwan's participation in the Civil Aviation Organization, or the inclusion of Taiwan in a visa waiver program. So, you know, some modest successes there. Where do you come, to, where do you come down on this question of legacy? Uh, how do you think that the Obama administration is going to be remembered uh, in terms of U.S.-Taiwan relations? Well, it really depends, in my view, on the extent to which tensions rise through this year and into next year. Uh, I think that will, really, that will really set the tone for how people view the actions of the Obama administration over the past seven years. If tensions do, in fact, rise, and that's certainly my analysis, I think people will legitimately raise concerns about the efficacy of a a policy towards Taiwan that, to be charitable, was modest in its goals and objectives. It's It's been almost four years since we've had an arms sale. It's been, you know, yes, there was a cabinet level visit, one, um, There's certainly been a number of U.S. government officials, but they've all been of a very modest rank. And we've only made very modest inroads on trade issues. We're still stuck with the TIFA and no movement on a bilateral investment agreement and very little discussion of Taiwan's role in a future trans-Pacific partnership. So I I believe that, as I've suggested, you are going to see tensions rise, and I believe that people are going to ask themselves, why didn't the Obama administration do more when it had an opportunity to do more as President, Ma, as President Ma's policies towards China warmed cross-strait relations? So would you say that as these tensions rise, as you expect them to do, that the Obama administration's more hands-off policy is going to be seen as responsible for some of that? I do. I, I, I believe that President Ma made a very important decision, one that this organization supported, and that was to engage the Chinese in cultural and economic engagement to reduce tensions in the strait and improve the economic fortunes of Taiwan citizens. It had the added benefit of reducing tensions that drew the U.S. in during the period of Chen Shui-bian. That said, I believe that 
part and parcel of that period was also a US, an expectation on the part of the U.S. to ensure that there was balance in the direction that Taiwan went. What I meant by that, I mean by that is political balance in respect to continuing to provide, for example, Taiwan material defense support while China continues its force modernization, but also economic and trade support, because now what we have is an imbalance in the trade relationship between Taiwan and China, and it's creating political instability on Taiwan, which is inherently not in the interest of the United States. So I like, uh, what I like to say is, is that the, the Obama administration banked peace in the Taiwan Strait before peace broke out. And now we run the risk of tensions rising, an imbalance in the Taiwan-China relationship, and a U.S. that's, that's basically been looking at other areas, taking its eye off the ball. That's, that's really where my concern is. I, I think the U.S. can and should have done a great deal more to ensure that the, the, the triangular relationship was in balance, and it is now out of balance. Now let's go on to the uh, other end of that relationship. Uh, President Ma recently said U.S.-Taiwan ties have seen a series of successes during his term, You know, pointing to uh, some of those gains that I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, but you've been less positive about his administration's achievements and uh, have said that really uh, during his term, the only international relationship that's been strengthened uh, is that with China. And a lot of these other relationships that really haven't seen much progress. Do you still feel like that's the case? And uh, do you think that, you know, really that's going to be his legacy once he leaves office? Again, I'm, you know, speaking for this organization, we've been very supportive of the Ma government in respect to their policies towards China. And we certainly have been a critical voice of the Obama administration not doing more, recognizing we believe that it's important to have balance. I do not place responsibility for the imbalance in Taiwan-China relations wholly at the feet of President Ma and his government. You have to have a willing interlocutor. President Ma has continued to ask for fighter jets and submarines. He's continued to ask for a bilateral investment agreement and a clear path towards the Trans-Pacific Partnership. There have been material asks in the bilateral relationship. They have fallen on deaf ears here in Washington, D.C., and that's highly regrettable. The real concern, of course, is as the U.S. has taken a, a lesson interest in Taiwan, what does that telegraph to the Chinese about U.S. intent and uh, our obligations and the legacy relationship that we've had with Taiwan? So with presidential elections coming in a little bit less than a year in Taiwan and a little bit more than a year in the U.S., do you see any chance that there's going to be a change in course in any of these things that you're talking about? Any um, big events that we should be looking to before these terms wrap up? I think this is actually going to be a pretty dynamic year for U.S.-Taiwan relations. I think you're going to see a, a U.S. Congress more uh, outspoken on Taiwan relations. I think there's going to be increasing interest in why the Obama administration has stopped doing arms sales and the possibility that we will, in fact, see an arms sale at the end of this year. What will that look like? What will be in it? Has the administration, in fact, changed its approach in respect to the equipment that it's prepared to provide Taiwan? I think those are going to be very real questions that need to be asked. I think, we, you know, if Tsai Ing-wen is, in fact, the Democratic Progressive Party's candidate for this upcoming presidential election, and she travels to the U.S., 
will she be afforded the courtesies and respect due her? Or will we see a repeat performance of what happened in 2012 when, um, when we had a, a very unfortunate series of commentary, particularly the article in the Financial Times that undermined her candidacy? So I, I think that's going to be a very important point. Hopefully we won't have a repeat of that, but that's certainly something that we're going to keep an eye on. And then I think as we move towards January 16th of next year, the Taiwan presidential election, um, you'll, you're going to see a series of statements almost certainly out of Beijing and how the U.S. deals with those statements. Does it comment? Does it not? Xi Jinping will be here in Washington, D.C. for a state visit the week of September the 14th, and he'll certainly have some things to say about Taiwan. So I think we, we're in for a, 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 a year of significant coverage on the Taiwan front. It's going to be an exciting year, and I think the equities are going to really start to tick up in respect to the trajectory of U.S.-Taiwan relations, but also, of course, Taiwan-China relations, as you see a change in government in Taipei. Now, of course, it's very early days in both of these elections, uh, but we do kind of have a little bit of a sense of who the candidates might be. So for the more likely candidates that are out there right now, uh, what can you tell us about how their campaigns and their potential presidencies uh, might impact these relations? I, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but it, there's certainly a lot of coverage in the country that suggests Mrs. Clinton is well positioned to be the Democratic candidate. She has some very strong foreign policy advisors on Taiwan. Uh, um, Kurt Campbell, of course, is the one that comes to mind most. Kurt is very experienced on Taiwan. He has excellent relationships on the island. He knows it very well. He'd have a very senior position in Mrs. Clinton's cabinet. And you would expect, while he holds that position, that U.S.-Taiwan relations would be, would, would be well held. And uh, that is encouraging. What that means and what the a Clinton administration might be willing to do, if we can project to that, I'm not sure. But I, 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 I do believe it would be more assertive in respect to U.S.-Taiwan relations. Um, uh, as for a Republican candidate, I, I think... You typically see Republicans historically have been more assertive in respect to U.S.-Taiwan relations, and I'd certainly expect that uh, should a Republican candidate win in the latter part of next year. Um, there are a lot of very experienced Asia hands. Uh, many of them know Taiwan very, very well indeed, and I'd expect from security all the way through trade, you'd see Taiwan being part of that conversation. Um, you know, on the Taipei end, See the KMT experienced a significant loss at the uh, the end of last year. That certainly puts the DPP in the driver's seat, and uh, a DPP administration, um, I personally believe, would do an excellent job. That's not a, a vote for the DPP. I have no say, but I I just think that you know for the second time around, they've got very experienced people. I think you'd think um, Tsai Ing-wen would make an excellent president if that came the case, and I'm sure that the Kuomintang too, whomever they put forward will also have a good team in place, and U.S. relations will remain the primary relationship for Taiwan to focus on. So I think either a KMT or a DPP team would put a great deal of effort into making sure that U.S. relations were in the right place. Would you say that the slowdown in U.S.-Taiwan relations is a result of Obama administration policies, or is it more about the broader landscape of international relations? I, I, uh, I, I mean, my own view, Keith, is, is that... The, What's going on in, the, in U.S.-Taiwan relationship, relations has everything to do with the way in which the Obama administration conducts foreign policy. And that's 
for me anyway, as an analyst of foreign policy and with a focus on Asia, I believe you know you you can see certain trend lines in respect to that approach. So, uh, you know, Taiwan isn't the only one, but uh, certainly U.S.-Taiwan relations, for me anyway, have have uh, have have not performed at an optimum level. Opportunities have been missed. China military to military relations uh, have a high priority. Uh, Taiwan arms sales get in the way of that. Uh, that might be annexed. That might be part of the explanation as to why we haven't had any arms sales. Um, you know, trade. Obviously, Mr. Obama is out of the Democratic Party. That's not a party that has certainly in the recent past traditionally been a supporter of trade. So that makes that issue problematic. So I think, yes, there's, there's an opportunity here with a change out from the Obama administration, I would hope, to chart a more ambitious course on U.S.-Taiwan relations, which I would then hope would have a positive impact on Taiwan-China relations because what we don't want to see is a Taiwan that's isolated because I would argue that that would promote adventurism on the part of the Chinese economic coercion, military coercion, or other factors that, it, that, it, that the Xi administration would pursue. You were mentioning earlier that you expect a, a rise in tensions between uh, China and Taiwan uh, in the near future. Do you see that happening regardless of, of which party takes power? If there's a KMT victory, do you, do you see that helping stability in any way, or, or is this more on the China side? It is more on the China side. You know, the, 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 obviously, from China's perspective, the upside of a KMT victory is the KMT's embrace of the 92 consensus. That's what the Chinese keep pointing at. But for me, the, uh, even then, it's, it's clear as an analyst of Taiwan politics that the imbalance across the strait is, is causing concern across the board in Taiwan and that, um, that a, a KMT president post-Ma would be curtailed in respect to the pace of negotiations, cross-strait negotiations, as well as the issues that could be negotiated. We know Xi Jinping said this can't go on forever, right? He said not more than a generation. I'm not quite sure exactly how many years that means. But, but nevertheless, the Chinese, are, are, you know, they are ramping up the pressure. If it's DPP, um, I, I think the United States is going to have to be very, very careful about representing its equities with the Chinese vis-a-vis how, how the DPP is treated. And, uh, again, not through any fault of Tsai Wen's that I could identify at this juncture or the DPP generally, but um, tensions may steepen at a higher trajectory with the DPP because of Chinese intransigence and its insistence that the 92 consensus be embraced for any kind of cross-strait dialogue. Now let's round out this conversation with where this relationship is going long-term. At the beginning of the Obama administration, uh, you know, there was all this talk about a pivot to Asia. There's going to be more of an emphasis on Asia, this whole region. Uh, but since then, we've been hearing less and less of that. Of course, there's been distractions around the world, Ukraine, the Middle East. But do you see that coming full circle? Do you see that uh, emphasis coming back to Asia and, you know, Taiwan, again, becoming more of uh, an international priority for the United States? I do, Keith. Out of sheer necessity, because I believe that tensions in the Taiwan Strait actually have already started to tick up, uh, I'll bet modestly to date, but that that trajectory is going to steepen, frankly, as we move to the latter part of this year and then into 2016 and beyond. I think tensions are going to rise. 
both that Washington is going to be forced to look more closely at Taiwan and what's going on on Taiwan, what has happened over the past few years. I think out of necessity, that is going to be, that is going to be pushed into the U.S. foreign policy debate. And let's face it, at a time when the U.S. itself will be going to the country in the latter part of next year. You know, the, the, the commitment to Taiwan has changed, obviously, since the 50s and 60s, since the post-Second World War, a sort of Asia-Pacific consensus. Now, for me, as an analyst, I would suggest to you that the primary importance of Taiwan is its, is its, democracy, its free trade democracy, and that any movement by the Chinese that undermined that wouldn't just obviously inhibit Taiwan's ability to function as it is right now in the, in the, the status quo, but that it would send an unacceptable signal to Taiwan, to the U.S.'s treaty allies and partners in the region about U.S. intent to remain engaged in the Asia-Pacific region. So that, that to me, really is, is, the, is the debate that will increasingly surround Taiwan, if it hasn't already. And as I said, my view is that tensions are going to rise and that this issue is going to be forced into the broader discussion of U.S.'s Asia-Pacific policy. We've been speaking with the president of the U.S.-Taiwan Business Council, Rupert Hammond Chambers. Rupert, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Keith, it's absolutely my pleasure. I, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity.